Welcome, everyone, to the Brandology Podcast. We want this to be something that we ourselves find value in and want to listen to. I'm your host, Mark Mosier. Alongside me is co-host David Morrow. Each episode, we explore leadership, culture, brands, and interview leading business professionals and civic leaders. We also play brand culture trivia against our guests to make the experience entertaining and fun. So come join us and enjoy. And please don't forget to download the episodes and leave us a review. Thanks. Let's begin. <laughs> you never that's know. That's so great. All about being that's prepared. Great. Yeah. I don't take right, change. So let's catch I don't take up. change easy, Dave. Right. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I can't believe you still have the, the shovel. I love that. And you that's know what my dad would do. Yeah, absolutely. Your dad would do this. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know how the, in the old days, the shovels were aluminum and the corners would all roll over. Ro- and, roll in together. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, so I treasure it. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Like a, uh, it's like yeah. a cast iron skillet. I will, I will say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say, you know, I lived, I lived in uh, almost near Cleveland for a while. And they it's the snow belt there uh, right off of Lake Erie. And uh, it was... It was as much snow as I ever had in Chicago, and it was brutal. So um, coming down south and then over to Indy, I mean, it's never been bad here. It's never, it's not that bad. Like it gets cold, it gets a little dark, right, for a, for a few weeks, and that's about it. It really doesn't pummel us with a ton of, you know, a ton of snow. Um, which is good because I don't think we're prepared for it like they are in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's there's a ton of snow. I don't ever remember school being canceled. Here there's like two inches <laughs> and they're like, everybody's got to shut it down. <laughs> yeah, there's like buses are crashing and stuff like flying up on the on the rails and stuff. Here, I mean, I mean, up in Chicago, they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. 12 inches, get, you'll be in class tomorrow. Deal with it. Like, yeah. no, there's never, yeah. They have, like, salt trucks just going up and down the road. When your father and I were going to school, we used to, we didn't know we were walking on the roofs of cars. The snow was so (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a bad measurement when you say, what, was that a van or was that just a tall Datsun? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, you learned real quick not to dive into snow mounds. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, well, let's get this show going. We just want to catch up with you guys, see how you guys are doing since then. So, all right, welcome to the Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is my illustrious, fantagamous co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, yes. how are you tonight? Uh, I see you've been using your uh, your app on your phone again. Uh, yes. Insincere. The app of insincere, insincere quotes to insincere right, compliments to give to coworkers. <laughs> Yes, the I app I designed. It. I appreciate you. Yeah, I had our, I, I, yeah, I had our application development team to design it just for you. <laughs> that I had some things, I had some things to say to you. So in our studio, we're very honored today, and uh, in the studio we have Michael Stromaglio, Andrew Zwerner. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank hold you. on, hold on. I got to call timeout. We need a proper introduction for these two. We're yeah. talking about two guys That's that I've fair. Been- you guys that I really look up to and I really admire for their accomplishments, their zeal for life, their zeal for business. You've got Andrew Zwerner. I, I would have him in a foxhole with me no matter what the battle. <laughs> He's a true I'd, technology- I'd be curious why you'd be in a foxhole. The only reason yeah, you're right. in a foxhole, <laughs> you, fell, you fell into it. No, I said you were like, look at some girl. 
you were like talking, you were like looking battle. for some girl or looking for a bar, and you like. This may be a hopscotch battle. You never know. A true market, a true technology market space disruptor, and just an yeah. all-around yeah. hell of a nice guy. And then we've got the Godfather, the print industry, really. Now this guy, you talk about somebody that has pioneered and conquered and planted his flag. And again, an all around hell of a nice guy that really cares about the people around him as well. Michael Stramaglio, thank you both for being here. It's an honor and a pleasure again to always speak with you guys. Well, Thanks so much. Mark, I want to bring you on every call. Like before I start talking, I was like, <laughs> yeah, hey, imagine sales he can, calls. Hey, I got, I got he the can, right, he, the right, he, yeah, the right <laughs> ring entrance music and the hype man who's going <laughs> to. I was going to say, I'd like you to introduce me to my wife when I come home. <laughs> She's like, who? <laughs> who is this? <laughs> That's great. That's hey, awesome. you know what? Honey, hey. I don't know if you know me, but I don't know if you know me. <laughs> the Godfather yeah, of David Yeah, the Godfather. So, yeah. <laughs> Papa's got a great time. Make sure the kids pay proper respect. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this. Well, when I ask you to clean your plate, it's the godfather of imaging industry asking you. So get it done. That's great. So, gentlemen, so uh, let's let's tell us about what's been going on since we last met. Um, we both spoke with you uh, a couple months ago, and um, holidays have happened. Uh, we've had an election happen. We've had uh, COVID still a thing. Um, what's going on with uh, your your industries? I've been, you know, when we. Uh, spoke with you, Mike. You had, uh, you were still with Conifee. You were just about to leave Conifee. You were just at that end of this. So we want to hear about that, Andrew. We definitely want to hear about Jesse and things that are that, that are going on. So let's start. Uh, let's start with Mr. Schmagrino, and we'll go from there. Yeah, please call me Mike or the Godfather. Or I, yeah, or the Godfather. <laughs> well, you know. It's been it's been a it's been a lot of fun since last time we spoke. Uh, I was exiting Kana Kamalta All Covered, um, which I was very grateful for. You know, having the two two plus years there uh, as they acquired MWA, as you know, and the Ford's a team. Um, and uh, I I think I had mentioned this before. I had planned on going to Italy for a little bit of time and yep. you know enjoying uh, the fruits of forty seven years in the business a little bit, but because of COVID. Um, you know, destiny kind of takes root and you can't do that. So I decided to take some project work that very quickly became more than project work, uh, which I'm really grateful for. And um, I was talking with actually Dan Doyle Sr. and he asked me to do some work for him. And I said, okay. And then he told me, you need to start a company, Mike. You need to make this official. So that's what I did. You know, I, I immediately took his advice I uh, started Stromalio Consulting, and from there, um, you know, destiny again takes root. Andrew was gracious enough to find me on LinkedIn. So, by the way, uh, apparently social media actually does work. Yeah, here's so, a proven example. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew actually did reach out to me. I had a few other projects that came forward, but I really was enthralled with uh, the chassis product and company. Um, and over the past, you know, six months or so, I've really come to appreciate what they're doing, and I'm doing the very best I can to help them uh, penetrate into the imaging channel. And um, you know, COVID is COVID. We're dealing with it like everyone else. And I'm looking forward to 2021. Hopefully, putting this year behind us and everyone benefiting from it. But it's been a good six months. Really good. Excellent. 
That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, and Andrew, tell us tell us what's what's the latest with chess. Yeah, what's so happened? the latest. I'll, I'll uh, bottom line up front is a. Uh, an old military term i'll bluff it and then kind of walk back to how we got here so <laughs> we have our uh, our first dealer live in chassis and we've got a number more that we're very excited about lined up right after that so the first quarter and the first part of uh, next year is gonna be really exciting for us taking this into the channel you've got some very innovative um early adopter um innovative mindset customers particularly forza customers and uh we're super excited you know mike in his um humility and deference is like, yeah, I think we're helping. And like Mike's name around here in this business, he knows what we think of him. Um, and he's been absolutely incredible. We, we've refocused our entire business on this channel because we're so excited about the channel and the opportunity therein. And, you know, we're excited to play a part in what Mike deemed as the Renaissance. So I know he released an article out there in the wild uh, a couple weeks ago that speaks to that. I'm sure we'll touch on that here today. Um, but we've learned a tremendous amount from him, from a lot of the dealers and the manufacturers in the space. And we're just trying to get smarter every day and take advantage of the opportunity that's coming from that renaissance, which uh, as he describes it is, is a rebirth. And you know, the we had a webinar with BPO uh, Media a couple weeks ago where we addressed a number of dealers and manufacturers talking about um, taking advantage of the, of the challenge that COVID has brought and what are we gonna go do about it? So it's it's really fun to see a lot of the a lot of the built-up energy with a lot of the dealers and leaders in this space that know they're going to come roaring into 21 and take advantage of, uh, of the opportunity in front of them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love the word. I, I love the word re renaissance. Yeah. I love the word renaissance. Yeah, that, that is really a, a perfect word for where a lot of businesses find themselves today, right? Yeah. You either have to, you have to adapt or you'll die, right? You, you really have to, like, you know, if, if you're not, always growing you're 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 dying right you 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 can't just stay still you can't just be like oh our p l is okay and everybody's making what they do and we have enough profit it's like you're you're already behind because you're not looking at at what's going to happen there's always cost of living increases there's raises there's bonuses there's clients that leave there's all of that that suck away at your past success you constantly have to grow Yep. So yeah, that's, there's, that's there's, fantastic. There's a great quote that comes to mind. Um, General uh, Eric Shinseki is like, if you dislike change, you're going to dislike irrelevance even more. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. That's <laughs> really that. good. Yeah. That's who really said who, who did you just attribute that to? Yeah, so General Shinseki, he, he once ran the VA, among other things. Um, but that, I mean, you know me, guys, that? like me and my expressions and hey, my colloquialisms, like. <laughs> that's okay. For, the bad thing for is, the, Andrew, the, is you're like a Springfield rifle. You only get one shot, so you gotta be quick, <laughs> with, the, you gotta be quick with the pin, man. You gotta get it down real fast, David. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, awesome. Mark, yeah, David, you, I love have that him, you have to ask him about what does a left, the left of boom mean? The left of boom. So, what does, so Andrew, what does the left of boom mean? <laughs> well, so um, I think, David, I don't know if you attended the webinar. I think you might have registered for it, but that was a term that I used I and had to explain. Um, so if you think of both, imagine a chronology, a timeline on a piece of paper in front of you, left to right, right? You know, and imagine in the middle, there's that boom, there's an incident, something, you know, in this world, right. it's, it's uh, you got you to gotta piss off customer, whatever it is, right? That's a, right. That's a bad incident. 
The left of is imagine drawing yourself in front of, so doing an action before the boom happens so the boom doesn't happen, right? That's It's basically a colloquialism to be like proactive rather than reactive, right? Or like right. get, get to the it. matter before it it materializes into a boom. Exactly. And, that, and, and so exactly part, of, right. part of a lot, you know, a lot of the um, themes that, you know, Mike has hit on with the Renaissance is the potential and the promise and where we've hit it off between, you know, Mike and how he's educated us for what we can do with chassis is, is not that I'm going to turn this into a chassis commercial, but it's to do just that, is to use technology. And there's a ton of other technologies. I'm sure Mike will talk about the consortium here shortly too, where to better serve dealers and business leaders in order to be drivers, right? Not not passengers or reactors. Mm -hmm. And like, we understand right. that that's our role is to serve people and serve leaders so they can stay left of boom and they can go out and take advantage of the Renaissance as it were. So it's, it's the, the crazy thing is like, there's a kind of a confluence of like market and macro circumstances happening right now that you can't engineer. So obviously there's COVID, there's evolution of technologies, there's the way that kind of core copy print has been constricting as a part of the business, but now new managed services and all these capabilities are coming out there. And it's it's that fortune favors the bold, right? It's those ones, this is the change thing we're talking about, it's those businesses and leaders who are not only not afraid of it, but they're gonna steer into it and take advantage of it. And they're gonna the ones who are gonna come out of the other side of this in a great spot. That's fantastic, I love that analogy. Uh, how do you spell the last name of that general who said that? S-H-I-N-S-E-K-I, uh, Shin Seki. I just want to cite it correctly for LinkedIn when I post it. Okay. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm stealing that. That is, I love that. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mr. So, Mark, I don't want me to cut you off. I know you were trying to ask something earlier. Sorry, buddy. No, no. I'm, I'm curious because every, every time we talk about chassis, I'm always impressed because it's I consider you guys a market disruptor, and I mean that in a respectful way, and obviously I think you understand the definition yep. behind that. But I think what you're doing and in your space, I mean, there's not, I don't see that there's really anybody else doing what you're doing to the degree that you are. So maybe if you could just give the listeners again, yeah. for those who didn't hear the previous podcast, just kind of yep. a 50,000 foot, you know, what is chassis, how does it work, and why is technology being put in its place where it needs to be? You, yeah, you got it, I'd be, I'd be happy to. So. Um, for the channel, if we think of um, a dealership or really any business that's running quote to cash, right? That's kind of that lifeblood process of the business yep. where you exist to take and fulfill orders and, and meet and exceed customer expectations. And today, all of that, um, that work is being done by people in that process on Forza, for example, right? Which is a best in class mm -hmm. ERP, which is kind of a one-stop shop for everything. And it's wonderful for um, you know financial reporting and get a snapshot of kind of the output of the business. But what it doesn't do or what really any ERP systems do not do is they don't capture all of the performance of people using it. So for example, let's say somebody enters a complex sales quote into Forza, right? There's a lot of line items and SKUs and they need to kind of put all, right? So when they put that in, what is not tracked is every click, every edit, every button, how long it takes them, their pathing. And so for, for the audience, um, a helpful analogy I, I invoke is I think of us like a Fitbit, whereas people are doing that work, we're measuring and capturing all of that activity. And then we pull it out of Forza, 
We uh, put it in our own environment, model it, and then we provide an app back to a customer within three seconds of somebody working in the system to then in chassis, you see all across your team what's going on in real time, like high fidelity live streaming, right? And it's not just raw data, we're giving a really, um, we like to think of kind of a clean, sleek, elegant view into that world where within two clicks, a business leader can find out, did that sales order get invoiced or not? How much time are we right. spending on this customer? Hey, I told that's you know good. Tom and QA we need to look at, but what is Tom actually working on, right? So that's that left of boom, the proactive. Yep, it's you know, visibility, it's visibility into it's, it so that they can get ahead of things. That's right. Before so they say, blow up, right? Before and they so, blow up. so a lot of, you know, and it's 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 through through certainly no fault of their own, but a lot of these businesses find themselves in a place where as they take advantage of the new market, you know, dynamics and the complexity of orders you're effectively reactive and blind and you have to wait till right. a customer calls pissed what happened or a salesperson says, where's my commission? Well, I don't know if the invoice got, you know, you're just kind of digging and we want to obviate all of that. We want to be able to give leaders two to three clicks away from what's happening right now so they can make a, 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 a more accurate and a faster decision at the end of the day. Like that's our role is we are a subservient, subordinate piece of technology that enables people leading teams and running the business, right? That's the point. So so regardless of industry, that's really significant. And the, and, and the way I look at it is what I found in the 90s and in the early turn of the century, which really makes us all seem old, um, but is, is the fact that I found us having, and I say us, I just mean America as a culture, embracing technology is we were creating electronic versions of the paper version yeah right we were really yeah. just we were doing what we were used to doing with all of the inefficiencies we were doing paper wise that's right we were doing it electronically right yeah. but now you're right you spend a lot of time com the commission's missing on a sales or a customer is looking for something that didn't get delivered or whatever and then you wind up reacting and your team is spending their days reacting to that as opposed to if they could see it ahead of time, mm -hmm. they would have known before it got sent out that it was missing. And if you have that that visibility, now you're leveraging advances in technology. You're able to see it before it happens, before the customer even has to call and your team has to spend time That's looking right. forward and reacting. That's right. And think how much cost Very cool. Think how much cost oh, is sunk into the reaction. Yeah. But then tons. like the, the second oh, order yeah. effect of that, think of like from a morale standpoint, like you just can't right. live in condition red 24-7 reacting to right. You right? cannot just be putting out dumpster fires. It's fire. not a good space. You can't be living, oh, right, you can't be living putting out dumpster fires. It's not right. fun. Right? Right. We do that a lot in IT and it's not fun. Yeah. Right. Like that's why I love, I love painting the vision and like finding people that believe what we believe and like talking about the future because you know you can hit it. You know you can get them there. You just need them to believe. So. That's right. Very cool. Yep. Very, very cool. And David, if I could just jump in for a second. One one of the things, and you know this very well, both of you, because of all covered experience and being in the IT world, you know, typically in this channel, especially, what happens? You're constantly measuring the performance of the system. Did it do this? Did right. it do that? I need yep. this query. You know, all those things that are typically, again, reactive, but certainly even in some cases, kind of proactive even. But what they do actually is measuring the performance of the people in the system. Right. Yeah. 
and marries uh, those things together. So if you know how a dealer works, you always hear from the dealer, you know, Joe Smith is the best person I have. Well, it might be that Joe Smith is the best PR person he has. Yes. And is politically motivated to ensure he keeps the next 20 years of his career. Yep. As opposed to the three people that work for him that are actually awesome. Actually doing, yeah. right, that are actually awesome. Right, and so Jesse gives them the visibility, the owner, the visibility, right, the owner or the owners, the visibility of who's doing what. Right. So that they're able to see it all. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, that's like, good. I'm, yeah, and then I'm so Joe. So Joe's better. Joe better do some stuff in addition to his <laughs> PR campaign. So yeah, Joe's gonna good. get really, really good. And and really, <laughs> the the not so funny part of it is um, that the the program of Chassis actually does provide the route for better training, right. better skill sets, better motivation. It's right. not really exposed failure. It's it's really about exposing improvement opportunity. Well, yeah, it's one of those things well, you, you can't manage and grow what you back. don't see. Right. right. Yes. Yeah, you right. can't manage and grow what you don't see. Now you can see it. Now right. you can manage it. And now you can grow it. Correct. Yes. Right. And that gets back to culture, right? The whole point of having visibility and people will say, well, if, I, if they have no visibility, they're just going to want to get rid of me. No. Well, no, not if you have the right culture. Like if you have the right culture, we're all on the bus. I, I have a great... want to make sure that you're doing that you're doing you know things that are promoting the team that's all right and, and if you need yep. to yep. you know worst case scenario you just shift your seat on the bus so that you do something that you're passionate about and you're good at that, that's all it is so, yeah. i have two, sto- two it's stories it's not about kicking them off the bus so, exactly. so um when crm came around so we our president cfo was a early executive at siebel systems which you know mm-hmm. dominated crm kind of pre-salesforce and one of the things in the 90s when they were selling CRM was all these salespeople were like, oh, if I put my contacts in there, you're not going to need me anymore. Right. <laughs> so and it's like, right. no, it's actually helped enhance your ability to go do your right. job because you can go track and execute. Point. So there's that. The other thing is Mike and I were on a call with a um, wonderful dealer leader out West, um, growing like crazy, you know, an awesome innovator. And his point was, with this, I can show everyone what they're doing and the amount of engagement I'm going to get is it, like it's night and day. And so, like the cost right. for a dealer to to find, vet, hire, train, get in place a new worker. Yeah. I mean, it's like 12 to 18 months from like the one that starts. So there's real proficiency there. Yeah. And when an employee churns, that's incredibly painful, costly, like uh, uh, hiccup that you got to deal with. Absolutely, and, Ab- so, like, and people don't see that. People don't right. see that. People are just like, "Oh, that that sales rep wasn't h- hitting their numbers. Well, let's just get rid of them." Oh, that's such a cop out. Like Dude, that's like, a leadership you failure. Train them yeah. better, right? That's a leadership failure. That's not a sales rep failure. Yeah, they're there. They it's, they have the same passion that they that you hired them for, right? It, right. it gets down to, in my opinion, it gets down to a hiring issue, right? Are you hiring the right people? If you hire people that you trust, then you have to trust them. You've got to trust them and you've got to just give them the tools and train them and let them go and do it. So, so my old commanding officer, um, what a force of nature that guy was, wonderful guy, um, Scott, <laughs> and he would say every issue is either created or solved by leadership, can get back to so in this instance, when it gets to, hey, somebody failed, we had to remove them, the first stop for any leader should be introspection. 
which is, okay, where, where did I go wrong? And it might be, did I hire the wrong person? That's still your responsibility, yep. right? Did I not train them? Did I not give them what they needed in order to succeed? Did, were they not clear on the intent and the strategy? Did that, like all of that, those are the things that a leader can control and that's where that should go. And so the people we're speaking with who realize that, like they're excited about having chassis as a whole new toolkit going from kind of seeing black and white to color as it were, where it changes the entire dynamic of the conversation with their team. Yeah, and I think that's what's so innovative about that. And that's why I always like to talk about it because it, it just makes sense. You know, it's one of those make sense mm -hmm. kind of things that, you know, gosh, why, did, why didn't this happen? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we have this sooner? Yeah. That's yeah, great. We're, we're, so, we're, cer we're certainly excited about it. So we share your enthusiasm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Stramaglio, Mike, can you tell us about the article that you just uh, released into the wild? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really happy to do that. I, I was fortunate enough to have uh, my article written uh, with uh, the help of Patricia Ames over at BPO Media. Uh, mm -hmm. She's been helping me for years make me sound and look good by <laughs> taking my words and crafting them into something intelligent. Uh, but it's a great article, I think. She took the wisdom that I really was sharing with her. She, she morphed it. Uh, but my position from the beginning has been really all last year and up until today. I'm tired of hearing people talk about new normal and, you know, what it's going to be. It's going to be. And there's been there's been this, you know, back and forth about the industry has been suffering tremendously, which it has. You know, we should never take uh, our eye off the fact that the OEMs have suffered and many dealers have suffered. But at the same time, a lot of the dealers have taken the opportunity with COVID to change, morph, migrate their business, take advantage of, you know, hey, I've got time right now, so I'm going to take my remote, my workers remote, I'm going to get into IT services, I'm going to get into void, you know, things that you live and breathe every day at all covered. These are the things that people had to do, and they were pressed into it. Right. And so someone someone was on the phone with me not that long ago and said, you know, it's um, it's like a fe it's Phoenix. He was making a joke about the fact you're, you know we're in Phoenix, and it's like the Phoenix. And I and I said, no, I kind of disregard you know disrespect that, uh, disregard that view because Phoenix means it was burned to the ashes yeah. and something's rising out right. of it. That's not the case. You know, we have wonderful people, great leaders, tremendous companies that basically have demonstrated through COVID that they are survivalist and growth oriented. They're making it happen. And so I looked at it and said, no, it's a renaissance. To me, it's taking, you don't, you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The whole thing, the whole cabin didn't burn to the ground. What did happen is all of the things that we know have been coming were accelerated by you know quantum leaps and bounds yep. which is a good thing now the way it was accelerated is not a good thing but the industry i think we can all agree has been a little bit uh, uh slow to respond a little bit slow to invest a little bit slow to take you know in large part um you know to take the initiative well today I think we're seeing the fact that my my characterization of a renaissance is really the truth. We're going to take it bigger and better mm -hmm. and faster. And we're going to do that, you know, by and if I can give myself a little bit of a little bit of a commercial here, 
I, I, I like the idea of creating a consortium. And a consortium is basically what I've been working on for the last, you know, three, four months. It's going to take new products, new companies, new ideas, new leadership, you know, like Andrew, bringing these guys into this industry that have mm -hmm. different perspective, youthful enthusiasm, tremendous skill, leadership capability, and they're going to make it happen. And, and there are groups of people like it. You know, I'm looking at two of them right here besides Andrew, you and, you and Mark. We need you guys to take up the banner. And, and we're going to help basically with the consortium bring a group of leaders together, including some of the biggest and best innovation companies in the world and others that are basically growing inside the industry. So whether it be SAP or Great America Leasing or Conica Minolta, whoever is demonstrating the willingness to push through, that's what we're going to do. And it's fun. Yeah. So that's my renaissance. My renaissance says enough of the negativity, enough of the anxiety. We have, we all have that. But what we're going to do is we're going to take the leaders that have the skill and the companies that have the products and we're going to run and run hard. And I think when we come out into 2021, I'm willing to bet a good bottle of wine that most most dealers, most companies are really raring to go. Yeah. Want to go. They just are not entirely sure, you know, sometimes which way to go. Right. And that's where we are. That's yeah. where we jump in. Well, I've always been I've always seen excellent results when you work with consortiums. Right? When you get when you get groups of like-minded people formed by leaders in an industry, whatever the industry is, it always is very powerful because you're able to have somebody with vision connect the dots, right? And that's often what needs to happen in industries that doesn't happen. Exactly. And so if, you, that's, if you, that's fantastic. you put them into some buckets, you know, so one of my biggest uh, mm -hmm. uh, call of interest is the senses, voice, sight, right, hearing. You know, the things that basically we do like this. Now, if I just say, run me a report, I want the profitability report on on uh, brandology for the last 90 days, cut this way. No more keyboard. Well, those files are permanently sealed. <laughs> let me tell you. There's a lot of brandology bucks that are out there. And, you know, we siphon them, off 10%. They're under, under guard by a SEAL team for, currently. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's like it's like the mob who took over Vegas. Like, yeah, they were making millions, but they lived for the couple hundred grand they would get on the skim. That's kind of what brandology is all about. Like, <laughs> we, we live for the brandology bucks that we could get just on the side. So, getting brandology bucks are absolutely worthless. So, anyway, well, well as so, the okay, so so this as is great. I'm probably one of a few people who know what actually understands what vig is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a hell, yeah. We and we don't know what you're talking about. If we're if ever asked, we're like, I have no idea. You're like, no, no. Plausible deniability. <laughs> we have no idea what you're talking about. That's great. That's fantastic. So, so what's what's next before we get into a little brand culture trivia? In which case, the brandology bucks are at stake. Uh -huh. um, before that happens, what um, what uh, you know what, what what's on the agenda? What's What's the big, hairy, audacious goal that you guys are seeing for each of you? Whoever wants to go first. Mike, you want to go? Are you? Yeah, go on, Andrew, please. All right. Um, 
you know, I'll take the kind of the short term is we're entirely focused on on taking our solution into uh, as many innovative uh, growing Forza dealers as possible. And so, like I alluded to, um, mm -hmm. we've got a lot of good dialogue going on. And again, this is entirely a testament to Mike and um, the personal and political capital that he's built up over several decades becoming, I know we joke, but like the godfather of this yep. industry. There's, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a hell of a thing to see that in action with his relationships mm -hmm. and his name with which people regard. And so he has he has um, graciously introduced us and we are, you know, all, we'll take the introduction, but it's all about our, our opportunity and in, in, uh, to execute. It's our responsibility to execute. So the first few months of 21 are entirely focused on rolling chassis out to as many dealers um, as possible that are, that are actively working on changing and improving and taking advantage of the opportunity in front. And then beyond that, um, you know, there's, if you draw kind of concentric rings, you got, you know, the Forza Best Practices group. Beyond that, you've got everybody on Forza. And then even outside of Forza, there are, and this is part of, you know, Mike's strategy with the consortium is giving this opportunity where Forza is really kind of the heart of that as a best in class, modern, you know, ERP for yeah. dealers to run on, where chassis is just a supporting and enabling technology for those dealers that plugs into Forza. And so we have great designs to really expand that kind of concentric ring along with Forza and Conical Minolta in order to get as many dealers you know, as possible that are actively growing and working to modernize onto this technology and onto this new platform in order to enable their business growth. And that's that sort of big kind of hairy audacious goal that certainly Chassis, the consortium, I know Carl Byrne over at Forza and Conical Minolta, we all share is this renaissance is here and we're gonna go seize it and take advantage of it. And that's, you know, fortune favors the bold. We're all going after that together in this channel. That's perfect. That's great. Yep. All right. So let's do a little brand culture this trivia. That's what I've been waiting for. Part? I wanted to start this call oh, with this, you guys. All righty. <laughs> no. Let's do it. Uh, we will play the intro for the listeners and I'll put that in in post in post-production. So we'll do the intro now. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. That what is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. But we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. And we're back. Okay. So, um, all right. As we know, we've all played it. We all love it. It is, I will say a company slogan. You guys will say the brand or product name. For example, just do it would be Nike, right? Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline, right? We know how the game works. So an at stake is a very, very large amount of brandology box. 
So once that e-commerce site is uh, is built, once it's we've operational. Got, I believe we have, I'm doing, once it's operational, I think we have a Lexus with the um, ludicrous mode on there. We've got a ton <laughs> of really cool stuff. We've got a ton of really cool stuff. David, just so, so um, I'm clear, so it's, it's Mike and Mark and I, and I'm imagining in the movie, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we've got that sort of Mexican it's, standoff. It's that three-way standoff. We're all three-way standoff. Yes. Okay, got it. It's a three-way standoff, and whoever shoots the Godfather has to deal with it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> loyalty, loyalty goes a certain way, boys. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, now I know that we've told you guys something, so I'm going to have to dig deep. Tony, I've got Tony and Tina. They're my uh, little green men and women over there that work on all this. You guys ready? Okay. So, okay. Here we go. Um... Blank gives you wings. Red Bull. Oh. All right, Andrew got who was that? Andrew? I already yeah. thought I heard Andrew. Yeah, he's got like a right. he's got like Andrew a leader of it one. in his solo cup over there. I saw it. <laughs> 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 Figures I asked the military guy about Red Bull. Either that or like a computer coder. You know, right? and those so guys would know it too. Funny story in on deployment. Um, there's like stacks of gear that's sent to you and food and stuff, but it was never like the real brand. So we didn't have Red Bull out there. We had this crap called Rip It, which oh, was gosh. like, <laughs> could never find it in a Walmart or a store. It was like the most off-brand type of, and that's that's the energy drink we all drank out like, there. Like, so bad it couldn't even be sold domestically, exactly. like exactly. <laughs> get it overseas. That's so, but good that's enough so for the funny. military. <laughs> oh yeah. Or college. When I was in college, you'd go. I was I was in a small town, and we would go. You'd go to these grocery stores, and you'd bring back like it. It rhymes with Pabst Blue Ribbon, but it's not. <laughs> and it, it rhymes with this, but it's right. not. It's all this off-brand stuff. But you're 18. You don't care, right? You're like, hey, they sold it to I'll me. It's it. all good. So yeah, exactly. I'll take it. So okay. Um, all right. Here we go. Here we go. What's in your wallet? Capital One. American oh, Express. Holy cow. Was that right? Dude. Was that, that's Andrew? Was that Andrew yeah. again? Yeah. I think he's researching this. No. <laughs> I think he hacked into my system. He did Tony, say he was he coming to this system. time. Locked I think down he, that system. I think he hacked you. Yeah. <laughs> I think he there did. May, there may or may not be ransomware on David's computer. I know. <laughs> I think he sent a fish. Like, here's some funny photos of Mark Bosher. Click on this, and I'm like, oh, gotta see that. Install. So I clicked on it, and I gave him access to my network. Yep. Yep. So I want you guys to check this out. I don't trust these guys. All right. All right. We're looking. We're looking. We're looking. All right. All right, I'm going to have to make this a little bit harder now. Okay. Um, oh, fun fact, Mark Mosher got engaged over Christmas. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yep. Yeah. Well done. That's right. Yeah, that was a good Christmas present. Yeah. Yep. He I did, did, uh, he did, I did, op, I, I did opt in for the 60-day return policy just in case there was a no. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> just I to cover actually, all my bases. Just good heard, planning. Yep. I I have met his bride and he is marrying up. So let's yeah, just say that. definitely dated so, up. Great, congrats. She was she was definitely Thanks, 
She's definitely being very gracious in, <laughs> yeah. in, in accepting that. So that's good. Exactly. Congratulations to you guys. No problem. Thank you. All right, I'm going to make this hard. This one's tough. This one is tough. So I'm going to give it to you. Belong anywhere. Belong anywhere. It's a tough one. Belong anywhere. Yeah, Gold's gym. It's hard. Gold's gym. Planet Fitness. Okay. Okay. It's not. It's not exercise. I'm thinking of some credit card it's, or it, something like that. It's related to travel somehow. That's what. Yeah. Belong anywhere. Um. An airline. United anywhere. Sky Club. Nope. Hmm. Long. Long anywhere. Is it a Red Bull? Red, yeah, Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> In that instance, that would actually work. Yeah. <laughs> is it a, David? Is it a? Is it an airline? Is it a credit card? You can. No, I'm. I'm going to give it to you guys. I'm going to give it. It's tough. Airbnb. That's a would. tough one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Oh, I don't yeah. think I would ever get that one. I, I wouldn't have gotten that one. All right. All right. I can't do two, uh, four males on this. I can't do like something about makeup and stuff. I don't know. Let me see what I can do. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Let me see. All right. So let me All get right. this right. If a yeah, seal I was going to say you live in a. If a SEAL Team 6 guy beats me at makeup, that's <laughs> bad. It just, hey, bad. it just speaks to my versatility. Right, <laughs> right. I was going to say, the younger, it's a younger generation of soldier, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. Know, yeah the participation trophies, you know, you, get, you, don't, you understand what happened. You know, I'm surprised we're, we're as secure as we are today. I don't know. Hey, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Because you're worth it. Mm, the makeup. Not easy. Revlon. Revlon. Mary Kay. Good guess. Who said L'Oreal? Andrew. I did. Are you kidding me? Is yeah, that right? No he got it. He won. Oh my gosh. He got it. Yeah. All right, so how do I know you guys are Googling Team six stuff? team members. Right, guys. good question, Mike. <laughs> how do I know you're not Googling? I am telling you. <laughs> good question. I'm telling you. Hey, you got it. Congratulations, honest, Andrew Garner. The honest Garner. Not truth is I have a lot of useless pop culture knowledge. <laughs> he did say that. He did say that. Yep, yep. I have heard him say that before. <laughs> that was awesome. That was yep, good, That man. was well played. He, he destroyed you. Wow. Well played. Yeah, nice. you know, if we well could put played. together a training montage video of the last two months since we last spoke, I was ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you came prepared. I was ready. He's <laughs> like Googling, Googling fun facts oh, online. I got flashcards at home. He's got flashcards. That's right. <laughs> he's like, he, like, he sees his dirty. He sees his wife putting on makeup. He's like, "What are you putting on? What's the what's the what's, what's the, the slogan? What are you doing? <laughs> what's the commercial yeah, what's the phrase? Yeah, what what's the commercial for that? Okay, Maybelline. All right, we're good. We're That's good. funny. Oh, All right, okay. Let's get back as we wind this up. Let's get back to uh, some some questions. So here here's one that that I didn't ask before that I really wanted to know, and I want to know this from both of you. What's the biggest risk you took, and why in your career? So let's start with Mike. What's the biggest risk you took? Because 
So many people look at people or organizations or companies and they're successful and they go, it was easy for them. They either had the right market conditions, they had the right funding, they had they they knew it would be an easy risk. And none of that is true, right? It's it's all about risk. You don't know it's black, right? When you're looking into the future, you don't know. You're choosing something and you go with it. And then sometimes good fortune happens, sometimes it doesn't, but either way, it's a lot of work. So what I want to know, like, what what was one of the big forks in your road that you faced, Mike? And, and, and why did you choose the way that you went? Oh, well, I think that's a really phenomenal Great question. question. That's not one I really think about much. And I think maybe that's part of the answer. When you're really an entrepreneur, there's a point where you stop thinking and you really just focus on your instinct and your intuition. But I think the biggest risk that I took um, seemed to have a common theme. It was more or less that you 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 never really got to the point where you knew you, you knew you didn't know what you needed to know. And the risk always mm. came down to all right, I am at that point. I cannot learn anymore. I've um, accumulated the experience. I've accumulated the wisdom. I've accumulated as much uh, intelligence about what I'm going to do as I can. I brought together the right partners. And now you got to go play the game. And, and the risk always was around, was there something else I needed to know? And that usually pivoted around people. You know, it always pivoted around people because if you had, you know, if you had your, your wingman or you had your, 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 your second lieutenant or your CFO or whoever was around you, you know, you really don't know until they're under fire, whether it's the funding or meeting bank covenants or establishing a business plan. And, and it was, uh, you know, well, you, you know this well from all covered, you know, there's a baseline and there's an up and a down. Um, but it really, the risk was really, generally speaking, that I call, that I get, that I pick the right people. And, and I think one of the biggest disappointments uh, you, can, you can find is that when you believe that there is very little that you won't do to walk through a, a wall, you know, when you have a passion and you have a dream and you have a vision, and you darn well better have people who are going to walk through that wall with you because uh, that's where it all mm -hmm. falls apart if someone decides that you know what i don't want to work that hard i don't know what the, I, I don't need to know what money doesn't motivate me okay fine and which by the way typically with successful people it's not always about the money it's very little about the money no it, yeah. it's usually about the message or the mission yeah. right it's usually about what the point why why are you doing it Right. Because so if you find my, people that believe what you believe, then they'll work with you for with blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and and especially in picking uh, as an entrepreneur, especially in picking the the uh, financial capital piece. So you got a personal capital piece and you got a financial capital piece, and they're deeply inter intertwined. And and again, some of the risk is sometimes, oftentimes, as good as you think you are, you're going to find someone who. Uh, doesn't live up to even their own expectation. And that, that's a painful experience. But the risk really is walk with me, get the plan right, learn as much as you can, and now get in the game. And just, you, you, don't, leave your, you don't leave the game. You know, you just keep doing what you're doing. So that's, 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 that's my great. Point. Money and people. Yeah, that's my yep. Yep. 
That's fantastic. That's great. And Andrew, how about you? Yeah, I think um, it's a wonderful question. And um, this this gets down to the first thing in my mind. There's a few things and I'll get in a moment, but it's like, how do you define risk? So yeah. mm-hmm. I think the way you're asking the question implies the way most people would look is, what if you tried a thing and it failed, right? Like that's kind of a right. classical way of yeah. looking at risk. Um, I don't, you know, I, through dint of, you know, my experience or whatever, I just don't really look at risk that way. I look at more of like, what if you don't take the shot? Right. What if you, you know, like when I left the FBI, I was only as an agent for like a year and change. Um, and I remember, you know, hey, I'm going to go start this business at the time it was my first business as a services business. I'm like, what if it fails? I'm like, well, okay, fine. What if I sit here chained to this for the next 20 years of my life and I wake up one day and I'm like, why didn't I take that shot? Like yeah. that, yeah. you know, so it's kind of the the paradigm through how you look at risk. To directly answer your question, David, um, I think really the biggest, the way that, you know, a conventional kind of lens for risk would look at that, that I've ever taken is um, about four years ago, I left my last business. I had spent six and a half years building it with another guy and took it to almost 100 people. We'd raise a lot of money. We had offices in Chicago and DC and Dublin, Ireland. Um, and I decided to leave. And I had just bought in a house 10 months earlier. I had a wife with a two-year-old and a baby on the way. And we moved out to Phoenix. And, you know, without getting um, into the details, I didn't have a network here. I didn't know anyone here. We wanted to be closer to family. My last business was likely, you know, looking at potentially being merged. I didn't know how that was going to work out. It's just a natural time to leave. And I figured I wanted to move into a different direction. So I moved here to Phoenix without a network with, again, a, you know, a two-year-old and a baby on the way. I had not divested my equity of that last business. So Uh, you know, I had a very, very, very tight runway. And, and I'm like, I got to go find something. And I use that as the opportunity to force like my way into meeting with um, leaders who I could learn from that I could maybe find an early stage because I knew I wanted to get into a software. I wanted to go, you know, take that as an opportunity to to change my, what I'd done into something new. Um, And, you know, I, I, I found a guy who was very successful, who started a business. I joined him we're like, all right, martyr salary, we'll, we'll do it and just get this thing going. Um, and we've since pivoted and reoriented the business and all of that. And that's taken years to get here. And I had this very conversation this morning with my wife over coffee. I'm like, thank God, like, thank God it didn't work out at my last business the way I had hoped. And I had the opportunity to say, screw it, let's just go. Let's burn yeah. the ships as it were. Let's move out here and build the life we want and we're gonna figure it out. And so I actually used this metaphor on a call with a, a young guy, a veteran um, who just got out. I talked to him two hours ago. And I'm like, look, man, so many people will just spend their life, lives like in the house that they know they don't wanna live in metaphorically, but they're afraid to go out and navigate the dark wilderness because they don't know what's out there because it's risky. And I'm like- That's, that's brilliant. That is, I'm writing that yeah. down. Like that is brilliant. I mean, I, I was a trial lawyer. I had a very successful practice. I had 400 clients. I was making a ton of money at a young age and I walked away. Yeah. I literally was like, yeah, I'm done. See ya. And everyone's like, thought they were, thought I was insane. And I'm like, I cannot imagine myself in my 50s doing this. 
Like I cannot, I will, I will beat myself up if I'm doing this at an older age. And it's great for people that still do it. I'm not bashing the practice. For me, it wasn't right. For me, I was, I had four kids, three young ones at home. I needed a different lifestyle. I needed a different, I needed to be in more control, all of that. And so I did what people would think was insane at the time. No one, because it's not about money. It wasn't right. about money, right? Right? Because right. if you're good about something and you're passionate about it, the money's going to come. Yeah. Don't aim for the money. That's right. right. The money comes in the back end. You have to get good at what you do, and then they'll pay you for it. Yeah. Right. Like it, I, I, you know, what what resonates, what I said to you, and now what you're saying to me, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and this speaks to one of the first things we talked about in the last podcast is like purpose and why, right? And so, right. So what, what it's what, all about? Know, many, many many people. You know, many people have a job, some have a career, very few have a calling and very few pursue mm-hmm. that calling. And so to get back to your original yep. question about risk, I I had learned what I love to do and what I didn't like, what I didn't want. And right. that led me into like, okay, I need to go take the risk as it were to pursue my calling, to find something out there. I didn't know what it was at the time. Right. I didn't know who, I didn't know where, any of that stuff. but. You know, I say it's one thing to believe in yourself. And they'll call you crazy. They'll call you crazy. That's it. But then you have to like they'll, they'll like they'll say you're mad or they'll 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 ridicule you and then eventually they'll ask you how you did. That's it. Right? Well, so, so, so that but that gets down like, that, that gets down to what Mike has done repeatedly in his career, and this is one of the first things he and I yeah. talked about. Um it wasn't, you know, MWA and Forza, it wasn't even chassis, it wasn't any of that stuff. I found him on LinkedIn and I had, mm-hmm. you know, done a little I say show socially acceptable stalking on the on yep. the man and his career <laughs> and his yeah, as we all you know, do. And, and right. I shot him a note and and I knew he had built and successfully, you know, sold into Konica Minolta and he had I think just announced, not even like he's you know, his departure from there. And I shot him a cold note and um and and you know, I, I shared something with him in that note that was like, I don't know you, but you know, from afar your your what you've done is remarkable and it reminds me of this expression and that's that very kind of fundamental thing we're talking about here is what he and i first hit it off on right which is a worldview thing and like a and yeah. who you want to be thing you know and that right. risk is risk is involved in that but i guess again to get back to your original question david you know what we're all geeking out on is like the real risky thing is not pursuing that and not putting yourself out there because then, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, what? Yeah. You know? Right. Well, and, and look, being in the FBI is a remarkable job, right? Like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's admirable. The pay is good. Like, there's no reason to do it. But if it's not for you, it's you a, need to leave yeah. earlier than yeah. later, right? If, if, you, if you're going to be miserable... 20 years from now, right? And and and, and sitting there, then 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 leave now. Right? I say that's the whole point. Yeah, I say this is for everyone for your point, own your life. Okay? Like yeah. you don't need to wait to some arbitrary time where you can get the reins. The moment you realize you can just pick up the reins and go is the most liberating inflection point it is. you can have in their life. Yeah. It, it 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 absolutely is. Like I was surrounded and I don't know if you guys I'm sure y'all have friends that are lawyers and stuff and 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 i've just so many of them were like oh no i i absolutely hate the practice of law but i make good money and yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. what else i would do and i'm actually, like dude actually you're david i don't years I, old like <laughs> 
No, I don't have lawyers for friends. I knew I liked him. We believe what we believe. That's right. We believe very similarly. But but the truth is, is like it was a really like the group that I knew, and some of them were really good. Some of them were my dad's friends, and they were great. Um, but they were, you know, they they it was a different time, right? They had, yeah. you know, that those opportunities weren't around for me. But but I but I was looking and I was like, they were so miserable. I was like, why why do you why I didn't understand why. Like I was like, you know, the one thing I can control is what I'm going to do every day. And I'm like, I'm gonna. And, and I found what I found. I think one of the issues I had is, and thank you for the therapy. I'll send you guys both an invoice. I'll, I'll send <laughs> yeah. you. I'll pay you your invoice for this. But what I found is, I was I was involved because I was good at trial work. I was good at presenting. So I found myself going after businesses, and I had yeah. done a jury trial where I had destroyed a business for being negligent. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like that could have been my dead business. Like I was raised yeah. and was told to be an attorney to help people, and here I am, like destroying a business that could have been my dad's, who put me here, and it's like who guided me along the way. And I'm like, ah, I got to build things up. And so for me, I wanted to spend my time creating something and building something, and not just like, oh, look, you didn't buy, you you didn't comply with that one OSHA thing. We're going to take away all of your profits from the last ten years. Like seriously, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. how is that helping business, right? So, uh, you, know, you know, when you think about and you look, and I know your your story. I mean, I lived your story with your father. I mean, that was a Chicago yep. neighborhood, and a lot of things were common, and 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 there were reasons for those things. Lawyers were were well thought of by people like your dad or myself. You know, teaching yep. our kids. That's exactly right. But you find yourself in a position where all of a sudden, what you thought it was isn't, and that's what you get frustrated. Right. And and I look at you know I look at my father always had sayings right and I'm sure your father had the same thing. Mm -hmm. simple, oh yeah, simple classic. Thing. You know you protect your family name. You never put greed ahead of need, and and mm -hmm. obviously your handshake is your bond. Those simple things carry you through life. And and if you can't, you know when you're when you're a trial lawyer and you find yourself basically rationalizing way bad behavior. Mm. Right, or trying to find the golden, you know, that one mistake, right? right? Somebody didn't know how to get on the stand and say it properly, and you just crucify. Well, that's a very disheartening way to live. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and frankly, it's one of the motivations for, for why I left, you know, a very lucrative OEM career, you know, mm -hmm. running some of these big companies. When you wake up in the morning and you're finding out, well, you know what? In order for me to make my numbers, you know, this month or this quarter, I just have to fire 500 people. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. It's very similar. Like the reason I bring up the law is it's easy to relate to. Everybody can relate to it. We've all seen the shows, right? Everybody can relate to the things, the bad things lawyers have to do. That's why I bring it up. But it's very there's similar scenarios in, in business, and right? That's Where you have to like, yeah, oh, to make my numbers, I just have to let these people go. Yeah. yeah. So you, really, or can so, we change something? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But people, but people, you get to the point, and again, I I admire the guys that run these businesses. I do, especially today. Mm -hmm. You know, the Mike Marusics and the and certainly Rick Taylor and all these guys that have yep. these tremendous responsibilities, and so much of what they're doing today is beyond their capability of dealing with. I mean, they can't. How do you fix mm -hmm. COVID? Right. right. Yeah. So yeah. look at those. Right. Things. You have to appreciate and respect what they're doing. 
The problem, the downside is that like anything in life, if you surround yourself with people who are afraid to tell the emperor he doesn't have clothes, or they're afraid to, you know, bring, bring hey, I got an idea. Why don't we just, uh, you know, shrink the incomes for 400 people for six months? And I'm sure they thought of that example, but you, you know you know what I'm saying? How do we grow the business? How do we fix right. it? Well, that's the way it used to be done, right? When you look at when you look at the the entire that that whole um, General Electric view from the 80s and 90s, which were boom years, right? That whole view of just firing lines lines of people to make numbers that was new. That wasn't around in the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, b- before, right? You would you would everybody would take a pay cut, like yeah. oh, it, there's there's a challenge to the industry. We're all going to tighten our belts and we're all going to hang out now. And you can gripe, but I'm taking the pay cut too. You can complain, but we're all taking it. And nobody's getting fired, right? Or very few are getting fired. And we're, we're all going to suffer through until it gets better. And then we're going to release the chain. Yeah. It's all part it, of it. It's a different world. And, and again, simple things become so important. You know, why did yeah. I live? You know, I, I call that part of my career clang and bang. It was hardware and toner. You know, how much genius yeah. can you bring to hardware and toner? Well, client support, right. class, elegance, intelligence. You know, yep. when you're dealing with people at a very reasonable and respectful level, that's what all of a sudden starts to shine. But in today's world, guess what? You need all of that and more. You need to be able to figure out a way to deal with virtual and remote. You need to have products like Chassis, or you need to have a consortium where you have a force multiplier. Yep like-minded people basically helping each other to make success. And you know, to me, I'm so excited about leaving 2020 and getting into 2021 because- Oh yeah, we are too. It's it's time. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, and I don't know about you guys, but I've had COVID, so I'm over it. I (laughs) I actually had it. I had it. I had that and I had pneumonia and I'm like, I'm done. Like, let's get this. Like- you know, if you haven't had it, you're like, okay, I'm still waiting around just in case I catch it. I just want it to be over. I'm just waiting for the timeline. I've already had it, so I'm like, let's, I'm over this now. Let's yeah. get, we're done. So, well, I'm excited. Guys, thank you so much for your time. This has thank been great. Yeah, uh, thank you, this guys. This will not be the last time. This nope. will not be the last time. We'll have you guys on again, I promise you. And uh, good, exciting things to come in 2021. We'll be watching. And we will be following up with uh, both of you guys. Awesome. Thank you, gents. Really All right. appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thank have you, a gentlemen. great new year. Both of you guys, well. healthy. Have a healthy rest of the holidays. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe. And we will talk soon. Thanks, guys. Happy Take care, guys. guys. All right. Mark, Thank congratulations. Yeah, Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Andrew. You got it, guys. guys. All right. We'll later, talk guys. again soon. I- Hey everyone, Mark and I are really grateful you guys listen and download. We're trying to make this season even better with brand stories and cool interviews with uh, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and things from behind the scenes that we just can't find anywhere else. We're trying to make this something we ourselves enjoy listening to. Do us a favor, please leave us a review. When you go into Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, just shoot us a review. That really matters and it helps us keep this going. Again, thanks for listening. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content.
Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 